Welcome to the GRBN Virtual Reality Experience. To test if all functions are working properly, please close your eyes. If you see... Darkness! All systems are functioning properly. If you need to use the bathroom... Do not... Character creation. Choose your voice. Number one. Soothing voice. Number two. Normal robot voice. Number three. Cattle rancher. Choose your class. Baker. Nerd. Fighter. Warrior. Accountant. Comma. Depressed. Monk. From USA's Monk. Choose your book. The lightning struck heart. Book deleted. Magical Unicorn Adventure. Book deleted. Sword Art Online by Reiki Kawahara. Ding, 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 ding. Character completed. Now entering Quest World. I mean, Podcast World. The future of... Love. Welcome back to the Gentleman's Romantic Book Nook, a journey into love and literature. I am your host, Lucky, and with me as always... I am Mac W. Mani. Today's top story, anime video games. Are they literally melting the brains and bones of American children? Lucky. Yes, they are, and I have factual evidence to prove that this is the case. Well, my brain is certainly melted. The amount of time that I've spent waiting for Toonami to come on, watching Goku do his nasty thing with those fun little balls... It absolutely destroyed me, and frankly, my educational career. Couldn't wait for Toonami to come on when I was a kid. Is that coming back? Is that coming back? Is Toonami still around? If you remember, so there was the weird Toonami robot. He went through some, like, yeah, aesthetic upgrades. Yeah, he got tuned the tuner. He got tuned up in the shop. He looked really sleek. They canceled Toonami for a number of years. And he came back as an even sleeker, bigger robot. Yeah, he was gone for a while. Didn't they find some problematic tweets? Yeah, unfortunately... Um, during that whole Me Too, like the really the height of it, obviously we're still <laughs> living it and it's important to be held accountable. Of course, It yes. does turn out that that robot was pretty sexually aggressive to the interns in Toonami. Yeah, Me Toonami, I believe, was the hashtag that finally took him down. Uh, and he deserves it. He's a bit of a pig. You shouted from the rooftops and we heard you all the way down here in the GRBN bunker. That's right, folks. We are finally reading the most requested book of all time at the GRBN email slash P.O. Box. Sword Art Online by Reiki Kawahara, the Japanese light novel that ignited the SAO phenomenon with TV shows, video games, and probably a lot of not-safe-for-work fan art. The anime is probably the most famous in the West, and I have seen the first section of that. Uh, Lucky, you've seen a lot more than I have. What's your takeaway? Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. I love the story in general, I think. And I think let's put it out on the table. This is a good opportunity to talk about it. We swung and missed on the lightning struck heart. That was a, maybe a big whoopsie, and I, I formally apologize, so I shan't do it again. So it's time to read something maybe a little bit more engaging, a little bit more interesting, and frankly, something we both know more about. The last book was just a three-week-long April Fool's joke, and uh, all I can say is we are the fools on that one. You know what they say, May flowers brings Einkrad showers, and I'm looking forward to diving into this virtual world of Sword Art Online with you and our fans. Now, Mac... For those of us, I mean, those listeners out there who maybe don't know what a light novel is, why don't you give a quick description? Sure. Uh, Light novel-wikipedia. A light novel is (laughs) a style of Japanese young adult novel primarily targeting high school and middle school students. Uh, So essentially, it's like uh, Japan's equivalent of the YA uh, young adult genre. Mm. 
Interesting. I really appreciate how you cited your sources too. Finally, for once, this show is above board on our sources. <laughs> oh, right. The origin of the book is actually pretty interesting because uh, Reiki, he wrote the book for a light novel contest where there was a very strict page count, which he went over and did not win the competition. Uh, but he ended up publishing the novel anyway as sort of online. And then a few years later, he returned to the competition with a different book and did win. So it just shows he always had the chops. And maybe this wasn't quite the book for him. It, he had too grand of an idea, as we've seen from kind of the universe of Sword Art Online, expand to what it is now. You've got the main show. You've got moments where the main character is going into different games to try to solve murders and mysteries and things. You've got the overarching love story between the main character and every female character of the show, but mainly mainly the female protagonist lead. All the women are obsessed with him, whether or not he feels that affection back towards them is a matter we'll have to discover as we read. Now, I know we're going to get into the back of the book a little bit and talking about more about the genre, but do you mind if I give just a little spiel about Sword Art Online world and kind of what's going on to set the scene a little? It would tickle my fancy for you to do that, Lucky. Please take it away. So this book is actually set in the pretty near future. I believe it's 2022 or 2024 where uh, virtual technology for video games has advanced in such a way that you are able to put yourself into a dreamlike state and enter these worlds fully. And this book takes place where the first kind of full dive is what they call it. Rig for your head has been instituted for this game Sword Art Online. Uh, Over the course of the first day, all these players are trying it out for the first time. And they find out from the creator of the game through this huge dramatic scene that we'll get into, I'm sure, when reading the book, that these people are trapped in there. If they try to remove their nerve gear or try to log out in any other way, they will die. And that kind of sets the stage for us. These these people are trapped in a video game in kind of a horrific, almost, state. Yeah, they find that there's no logout button when they actually want to quit and make a beer run. Yeah, which obviously devastating in that sense. And also, it's just ultimately fascinating. Like, we'll probably get into this over the course of this book. I've <laughs> watched my fair share of animes. And this is one of the best world buildings I've ever seen. Because it still sets it in, you know... It's just a normal city. You're in Japan, basically, where these kids are. Then all of a sudden, you're transported into this other world where anything can happen. World stakes, world-shaking events can happen that don't affect the real world. I I love that concept. At least from what I've seen in the show, there doesn't seem to be, like, an anti-video game sentiment about it. Like, you'd think there would be sort of ripe for metaphor uh, about players who are too obsessed with the game. They can't log out. They're obsessed playing all their time, scheduling events leaving funerals early to raid dungeons, you know. And on top of that, over the course of the story, you know, there is an overarching mystery going on. The game designer locked them in there. He's around somewhere. But obviously, you know, we're not focusing on that. We're focusing on the character and his struggles and strifes and his love. I mean, the love story that he goes through trapped in this world. Lucky, you tipped the hand a little bit about the plot. But uh, would you like me to read a little bit more about the story of Sword Art Online? Yeah, please. Absolutely. Thank you, Lucky, for allowing me to do this. Just this once, though. If you and if I mess it up, so help you God. Sword Art Online takes place in the distant future, the year 2022. It centers on the launch of a new fully immersive VR role-playing game that allows players to utilize all five senses, which, for those of you who don't know, are taste, touch, balance, hunger, sight, and ghosts. <laughs> when the game goes live, the players discover a world of fantasy and adventure, But when they want to log out of Aincrad, they find that the game isn't over. Their bodies are back in the real world, held captive by Nerve Gear technology and its mysterious inventor. Meanwhile, inside the game, the players are tasked with conquering all 100 levels to earn their freedom. But if you die in Sword Art Online, you 
die in real life? What? Romance and adventure await our hero Kirito as he ascends the tower, meets the dangerous and alluring Asuna, and gets in all kinds of trouble. I'm really curious to see the difference between the actual written novel and the TV show, because obviously there's going to be a little bit more detail put into the book that just doesn't quite get across when you're actually putting something on screen. It's going to be cool to see him getting all the capers that I'm familiar with and potentially some that I'm not. I hope it captures the horror of this because it's kind of, it's pretty scary logging into a game for the very first time and realizing that you can't quit. Yeah, no kidding. Especially a game that completely shuts down your senses. I mean, and I know this is going to come up a concept of, well, what are they going to do? They can't feed their bodies like you're trapped in this nerve gear that the human form needs sustenance and love. Yeah, all the all the video game food, that's not going to give them much nourishment. Boy, but wouldn't that be cool if the nerve gear was so advanced that they had like a food tray you could hook up to it. And, and when you <laughs> ate in the game, it just like shot nutrients into your bod. So in the game, you're eating like a freshly grilled catfish. Right. And but in real life, you've got a whopper being mainlined into your tummy. Well, I was thinking something like soylent, you know, nothing actually tasty <laughs> by any means. You're just pumping in to keep the body alive. But in the game, in your fantasy, it's delicious tea cakes or something. Now, the technology is not there yet. I'm sure that they're just throwing like little bits of kibble in their mouth every you know few hours before they go to work. Because they're in the game. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that they're going to be in there for a while. So the, the people in the real world are going to have to care for these, you know, nerve bound gamers for an extended period of time. They're basically going to be in a, essentially a coma. A really awesome coma. Boy, I guess that would be kind of like having a coma lucid dream, huh? I mean, obviously, if you die, it's kind of a problem because you'll die in the real life. But just sleeping, catching up on the Zs for an extended period of time, fighting gerblins and shit. I like it. Lucid coma dream is my favorite Bay Area punk band. (laughs) And now a word from our sponsor, the GRBN subscription box. Now in your home every week, you can have delivered everything you need to enjoy the show. And now for more info on that. Lucky. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. I told him not to do the voice. Um, yeah, yeah. If you uh, if you sign up on our mailing list, uh, just at that's at grbooknook at gmail.com, we're gonna start sending you guys all kinds of cool, crazy things over the course of the next coming months. Uh, I think we had some interesting things in the works, like a toilet seat cover with Mac and I's faces on it. That's mm-hmm. a that's Holding a premium. Hands. Holding hands. Yeah, that's a premium one. A premium subscription. There's 18 levels, uh, starting as low as nine ninety nine ninety nine, and going all the way up to eight thousand dollars. Yeah, and let's, um, just while we're at it, while we're kind of pitching ourselves here a little bit, let's uh, talk about some of those different levels. One level up from that is the taupe level, where you qualify for a round of healthy snacks, including our own patented chocaroni, which is chocolate pepperoni. That's Lucky's own design and recipe. It's illegal in most states, so let us know where you're at, and all of Canada. So check that before you sign up for taupe level. And as the inventor of the Chakaroni, I would like to say, uh, make sure you have extra strength Tums on hand at all times while enjoying this treat. You're more like the father of Chakaroni, the mother of Chakaroni, really. I don't know that you can create something like that and not feel like you gave birth to it. It's important to separate pleasure from business, right? Like, yes, I have the maternal instincts for Chakaroni. However, it's also a business. I need to make some money here. The lowest level, which again is $999.99, is the transparent or clear level at that level you get the blank gr book nook journal so you can write your own romance novel and that's it so anyway yep that's again the gr book nook subscription box uh make sure you sign up today offer invalid in all 50 states well that sounds like a great subscription box everybody should buy one next i'd like to open up the floor to a new segment we like to call 
get to know the boys, where we open up a little bit about relevant subjects, topics in our lives, interests, hobbies, hopes, desires, strengths, weaknesses, fears, hungers, fears, hungers, colds, warms. I kind of want a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. This is hunger for the primo content that is going to get people to get the GRB and subscription box. I'm so glad we went down this route. Yeah. You get the breakfast sandwich at the neon level, which is the second (laughs) level after transparent. So lucky my first getting to know you boy question is you are actually IRL an anime fan. Is that correct? Yeah. I would never ever describe myself as such and would continue to not, but I do enjoy (laughs) I do enjoy the occasional anime here and there. Okay. I've yeah. watched quite a bit, just like we mentioned Toonami at the beginning, kind of as a joke, but I think that's kind of where it started, right? Like Dragon Ball Z was a big part of growing up and it just kind of blended in from watching Cartoon Network as a kid. And then as time went on, you know, anime, I think evolved in such a way that it got a little bit more adult and themed. The fantasy world building was fleshed out a lot more because the viewership was looking for something a little bit more robust. And I mean, today, you know, we're talking about animes like Attack on Titan, which is another kind of world-swept anime. You've got Sword Art Online. Everybody knows about Goku. Everybody knows about Naruto. Like, you know, it's while it's still kind of in this subsection, I think it's becoming more and more popular. And it's also very cool. Yeah, as we record this, this last weekend here at the beginning of May, uh, an anime took the number one spot at the U.S. box office. And this is sort of post-pandemic numbers. It did quite well. It made uh, over $20 million, I believe, opening weekend. That's Demon Slayer. I've not seen that anime, but it's incredibly popular. It smashed box office records in Japan. It's actually, I believe, the highest grossing movie ever in Japan. It swooped out uh, Spirited Away, which is one of my favorite Japanese animated films. And um, I'm going to have to check out I'll check out Demon Slayer. Everybody loves it. Everybody's talking about it. I was a Toonami kid, too. I think a lot of us were really fascinated with that animation because it was it was like something I hadn't ever seen before. It was a different type of storytelling. And some of the voice acting, it was, it was all dubs. We, had, we didn't have subtitles. I was the children didn't have audiences. The audience didn't have the patience for that. But there were really fun adventure shows. I remember watching Gundam Wing, Dragon Ball Z, Hamtaro, that cute little hamster getting into adventures. It was so funny that they would back to back something like. Dragon Ball Z with Hamtaro. Like Frieza cuts Krillin in half or whatever, and it devastates the audience. And then a bunch of hamsters go on a cute little adventure to find a leaf they lost or something. Like, it very interesting to back-to-back the two. Anime has some themes and character tropes that might be considered problematic to Western audiences. How do you feel about that culture clash? I think many times in a show that really takes me out of it. And the show that I think the most about in this sense is um, Seven Deadly Sins on Netflix. And Netflix has been doing this thing where they're taking a lot of those like Shonen Jump and that kind of range of manga and bringing it into a TV show situation. And it's like very action packed. It's very interesting. I love the fight scenes. The animation style is very fun. But the main character like is definitely physically groping the uh, a female protagonist lead constantly. And the way she reacts to it, you know, she's saying no, but it's that anime trope of just doing that thing of like, oh, you know, I, it's, ooh, it's okay, but don't do it. And it makes me feel very uncomfortable. And it was actually in in preparation for this episode, I wanted to do a little bit of research on that because I know this is prevalent in most kind of mainstream anime. You see kind of perverted characters, perverse situations where it is justified. And while this article was very depressing, and I got to say, I need to cleanse myself after reading kind of the justification for different pervert levels. What was interesting was, People believe that these characters are brought into anime in such a sense that it makes Japanese men in the culture 
it gives them an avenue of like their personal repression to say, hey, this is a way that it could be. This is a way that like I would want it to be. However, that's not who I am. And like, I really hate that justification. I think that's kind of gross to be putting these putting these kind of dark fantasies on display in an anime and then saying it's all okay because we know every man wants to do this. I don't know. Just the way that it's pitched to me, that doesn't quite work for me. And, and honestly, it, it does bother me. It takes me out of the shows when situations like that happen. Yeah, I don't know that there's an umbrella answer to all of this phenomenon of these types of characters. Because sometimes, you know, it's played for laughs and I find it funny and it doesn't um, infringe, I suppose, would be the word on its female characters. But sometimes it, it pushes it a little too far. And I think it can alienate a Western audience. There's a Studio Ghibli film called Pompoco, which is one of the few that I have not been able to finish. It involves these raccoons, these mystical sort of tanuki type figures that live on a mountainside. And they use their testicles as various weapons, uh, magical <laughs> flotation devices. Uh, they grow in size and fling around. And this is a fun G-rated kids movie. But in the West, you know, audiences are sort of looking at it like, um, what the, what am I watching? What is what is happening right now? My Japanese teacher in high school showed us that movie. I have a very stark memory of the old raccoon having all the young ones sit on this big carpet. And he's like, mm, wonder what this is, kids? And he's just like, it's my balls. <laughs> and like whips them back in and flips all the little raccoon kids off. And they just start <laughs> laughing. And I'm just sitting here like, I'm in high school. What is happening right now? Romance in Anime and video games is kind of what we're circling for Sword Art Online. What's your take on the romance genre in anime or romance in the anime genre? Because I, the ones I've seen have not really been focused on a romantic story. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's not built around the concept of romance. Usually when you're talking about anime, or at least the anime that I watch, I know there's a ton of different subsections, but I'm kind of focused in like the fantastical world, sci-fi, big magical powers, action battle, stuff like that. Shonen. It's kind of where my information comes from. For the most part, they're focusing on the main plot, right? Like there is a beast, there is some type of world-ending event happening that they either have to train for or prepare for, and there are subtle moments of romance. Like, for example, in My Hero Academia, he is it's a story about the main character becoming the greatest hero in the world. Throughout the course of this, though, he has this flirtation going on with one of the other students, and like there might be a romance happening. And I actually find that kind of refreshing and fulfilling because it's it's fleshing out the main character more so than just being a hero, just fighting, just training. It shows a little bit of a three-dimensionality to this 2D character. But that being said, you know, I think that it can go way too far too. Because in the same show, like we've mentioned before, you've got this character who is specifically becoming a hero so he can find women and date them and be with them. And that, I guess, to me, bastardizes that romantic sense a little. Any recommendations on anime? What do you, What have you got? What would you, what would you throw off for someone who's, not in, who's never seen an anime before or has like, watched one? I guess that would depend. I mean, what the experience are looking for. I'll always recommend One Punch Man because on top of it being an awesome fight, it's so funny. I just, the comedy of it is great. I mean, I feel for the characters. They do a great job fleshing out a long story and then having this guy come in and just absolutely kick the shit out of the boss with like no sweat off his brow. Very good. I would also say My Hero Academia. I know I mentioned that before, oh, but fun. it's super good. It's still being released right now. So I believe they're now in their fourth season and he's slowly becoming that hero that he's been promising and it's it's really high energy, high intensity, lots of good jokes. I like it a lot. Funimation, Crunchyroll, we're giving you a lot of free ad space. So if you want to toss a couple <laughs> shillings our way, I would. Oh, hang on. Crunchyroll, you can give me a free account. That's fine. I'll take that. <laughs> I don't need money. Hang on. Next up, video games, harmless military training tool or violent communist propaganda. You're what's both <laughs> both. 
so you are trapped in a fusion of the last two games you played. Where are you stuck and how screwed are you? That question comes to us courtesy of a Reddit thread I read a couple weeks ago. Hmm. Perfect. Thank you, Reddit. Appreciate that. I would be stuck in Returnal and Pokemon Snap, or I guess, I'm sorry, the title is New Pokemon Snap, which I absolutely hate. So <laughs> both a roguelite, always dying, repeating game about scary astronauts, but also maybe there's Pokemon running around that are trying to kill you. Or is it you're on the rails in the Poke, in the Zero One, I think it's called, <laughs> and you're taking photos of things in Returnal. So it's sort of like a step back from the violence of that game. Oh, that's kind of fun. I like it. Like, make it kind of nice and light. The monsters are really scary in the game, too. <laughs> so that actually be really horrifying. You're like, looking for a cute moment of this demonic three-armed beast, like, Rah! eating an apple or something. Play the poke flute for it. Maybe it'll give you a little cute look. Do I do like the little tune. I do like the little tune. What about you? What are the last two that you would combine together? Uh, the last two games I played were Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and then I'm working through Portal 2 with my fiance. Boy, that would change the mobility of that game in a t- intense way adding a portal gun to spider-man i mean like just in essence <laughs> would be kid's incredible. already slinging around the city pretty fast i don't know if he needs to because you could <laughs> throw the one portal to like down the bottom of the empire state building and then leap off of it and then like fire rocket yourself across the country whoa yeah there's a lot you could do with it and i mean he's resilient too so you would survive pretty much anything or spider-man being trapped in the portal testing grounds is another good one because he'd be able to like sling his way out pretty quickly <laughs> I feel like the robot who captures you in that game would just be like, God damn it. I have chosen the wrong subject. (laughs) Would you like to see the companion? Oh, he's gone. Okay. Uh, So video games have for a long time been considered something of a boys club. Girls don't play video games is the old tired trope. That's frankly not true. But the gaming industry and the online gaming community can be somewhat toxic towards women or it historically has been. What's your take on that? Do you think it's changing? If so, why or why not? I hope it's changing. I think in this age of streaming in general that it's opened up that concept a little bit more to have video games be more inclusive. And I think that's, unfortunately, I mean, it's stupid. We should just assume that women enjoy video games also and have been playing it. But I think for a lot of men, it's the, the context of seeing a streamer, right? Like, oh, look, here's a woman who's playing games. I'm watching. I'm enjoying. I think that also gets a little bit shaky in some situations. You know, sometimes... Somebody's streaming to be a little bit more on the attractive side and showing the video. You know what I mean? Like there's there's kind of a darker side to streaming in general. But I think that over the course of the last, you know, five, 10 years, video gaming is starting to open up more. I think the concept of it being a boys club is still around. And I'm hoping that's something that can be shut down. So I think it's absolutely preposterous. Everyone should be able to enjoy video games. They're so much fun. Yeah, I think you I think you make a really good point about streamers, the visibility of women playing and I mean of any of any underrepresented group in gaming streaming is going to help that there are trans gamers out there there are gay gamers there's uh, everybody loves video games and i think streaming is letting people share that with each other and i think you're seeing in games a lot more customizable options i know that the game wasn't particularly good but cyberpunk 77 uh 2077 that is not the disco prequel (laughs) it had a bunch of options for like changing your characters uh sex and, and and dealing with gender issues in that and fairly uh, inclusive from what I saw. Unfortunately, it uh, crapped out on the PS Store, so I haven't been able to get my hands on that yet. I know. Now that I've made it to the next-gen system, I'm just desperate to play 2077, but they're not putting it back out until it's fixed. We'll see. And finally, Lucky, what's your gaming guilty pleasure? Oh, I have that terrible gaming ADD where I buy new games constantly, play the first 10 minutes, and I go, perfect, next to the game, no problem. <laughs> Beat it. Super easy. 
it doesn't even have to be AAA titles. I can pull up my Switch and be like, what's, what's on sale for $5? Let me play the first 10 minutes of this. And I'm trying so hard to beat that, but there's a little part of me that mm, just loves a moment of like, ooh, I get to play a little bit of a game. How absolutely decadent. I just spoiled myself. But then I keep having that moment over and over again with the new games. So it's just like a pleasure response. So it's kind of like an addiction, I guess you could say. Yeah, the that little rush. shot of dopamine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. It's getting shorter and shorter the window in which you feel <laughs> right, right, right. The games got it. I used to play for an hour. Now it's thirty minutes, and it was ten, and now I'm at like two minutes before that rush is gone. I need to buy a new game. <laughs> it's, it's mere seconds of Tetris is enough to send you to orgasm and back <laughs> and back again, back to severe to depression. That cold, cold, empty home. What about yourself? What is your gaming guilty pleasure? Oh, I don't know. Um... This is an old one, but I used to really enjoy singing in rock band. I would always mm. make sure that I was the singer because I liked to belt it out and no one could stop me from singing the whole song. I think as our fans can contest, they understand that you love singing, though they do know that I edit it. <laughs> <laughs> you auto-tuned the hell out of me in that last episode. What were you thinking, dude? Sorry, you were very squeaky, but you were giving it your heart out, so I wanted to not cut it. Oh, where short shorts? If you want to let us know about your gaming guilty pleasures or your anime waifu you can reach no. us at grbooknook at gmail.com we're also on twitter instagram you can find us there at grbooknook is what you want to use and uh above all if you want to support the show the best way you can do that is by telling your friends about it yeah that uh the next episode is going to be up may 21st we'll have the first bit of reading done for uh sword art online we'll post that in a little bit kind of the breakdown of the book we're still trying to figure out the best experience for our audience and the way that we can pitch it to you uh, and I want to say thank you to Side Scroller by RKVC for the use of our music. Uh, really helpful. A great tune. It's either poppy or it's not, but I love it. I just like the tune of it. It's catchy and fitting, and I'm glad you chose it. It swept me away into a virtual world. You know what game I wouldn't mind being stuck in? <laughs> mm, what's that? Uh, Stardew Valley, actually. We already mentioned it. Oh. But it would be a real fun to just like chill be a farmer i imagine being stuck in those games too physical stamina is not quite as important like you still have your status bars oh which is a really surreal way to live the game i don't want it to be like i'm a farmer now right you'd be in game and then you as a sentient game character would have an understanding of your energy levels like you would feel the same the whole time but like oh my energy bar is going down yeah and i could just eat a strawberry and it would fill me up that would be amazing there's a lot of changes there i think that'd be very fun (laughs) you lucky where would you like to be trapped forever i'm partial to the pokemon world i think oh, it'd be incredible i take these magical answer. little balls yeah right i mean i cannot believe you didn't want to live in the pokemon world holy oh, shit man, just yeah. catching little monsters that battle each other oh, keeping okay. monsters in your pocket lucky i want it there's a really dark side of it too where you can get these pokemon and do heists and stuff i mean oh, i'm hoping yeah. that it's the same world where i guess there's not like murder a lot and all the darker things that are kind of kept out of the franchise join team yell or whatever it's called whatever it is in our world or our region i i do feel like though i would be the person that would try to throw pokeballs at people like i would try to change the technology to capture folk god wow that's like really dystopian i don't know how much i like that to get okay i was gonna say to give to the police force and i was like wait actually that's even more dystopian yeah okay so the police now is using pokeballs i think we need yeah instead of of guns we need to to channel their funding somewhere else (laughs) (laughs) we've given them far too much money than we've done